Good morning world. Welcome to JP no. Welcome to Daily Musings with JP Hummingbird. Your host, your dunno, yeah. That hopefully someone who brings a little bit of uh, levity into your life. Uh, someone who helps you reflect a little bit. Someone who sparks your imagination. Uh some sort of positive entity out there in the void of uh, existence. I'm back in my little recording room, uh, just looking out the window. Uh, the sky is sort of past, looks like it's past all colours. Very light, very opaque. Uh, and yeah, everything's got like a like it's been done with light. Yeah, everything looks lighter at the moment. There's a little, uh, on my windowsill, there's a little Buddha. A very strange one that, I don't know where I inherited it from, but for some reason his hands are red. It's like a white Buddha with red hands. And then for some reason I dipped the red hands in wax so they got more, they look more like the rest of it, but yeah, he's been with me for a long time now. Yeah, I've had various statues over the years and they do, looking at it now, yeah, you, when you don't, you know, your brain just takes things for granted or it maps out the environment and then it's, unless something moves or some danger appears, you don't really notice. But looking at him now, or it, or her, or... I guess you shouldn't really call them. It's just Buddha, isn't it? It's like a state of mind, or an ethos. It's like a acceptance. A statue sits there just... Yeah, non-judgmental, I guess. Is this, I don't know where this has come from, but... It's all springing up. I wasn't expecting any of this. Fascinating, really. Uh, yeah, so I've got white walls, white windowsill, like white, and then this white butter. It's almost... Hmm, I'll park that there for a bit. And then I've also got this... Oh no, what was I going to say? Yeah, so I've had these various statues and invariably I end up giving them away. But, and I miss them. But I feel like uh, I give them away for, one, because I like to give people things and, yeah. Sometimes to my own detriment maybe, but then... What can be freer than giving something away? That's it. Yeah. It's like when you give something away, it's, it shows you still have a belief in abundance, you know? That, that some, when you, if you start to hold on to things too tightly, it's, it's a sign, isn't it, that you just don't believe there's anything left to unfold, anything anything else coming. 
Whereas when you're able to give stuff away, I feel like it's positive, even though sometimes in the back of your mind you go, oh, I wish I still had that or this or that, whatever. Really, it's probably a net positive to give stuff away. What's running through my mind? I've had this interesting. I met this guy in India, a Russian guy, and he was like this incredible dude, like long hair, uh, absolute, looked like a wild man, looked like a. I'm just trying to picture him in my head now, but. He just, he had this incredible, he used to get, he'd, he'd come over and we'd just, with a group of us, we'd sit and he'd play this board game, like, kind of like snakes and ladders type thing, but like with a spiritual slant and, and he'd just put this, and then he'd lead the game and just take us through this, uh, like, and give everything meaning, so... Sometimes you just get stuck in the game and you'd be trying to finish it, but you get stuck and, and then it'd sort of like, it explains something and it'd unlock something and the next moment you'd be out, you'd be finished, like, and it's like, kind of fun, nice, when people can create a little magic like that. Uh, and then, you know, you can give it meaning, it's fine. Or just enjoy that little bit of magic bit of insight uh, anyway yeah and he had this really interesting dye which was like okay, it was made of some material some interesting material and uh, and then I remember I'd, I just uh, I managed to pick up one of these dyes somewhere I can't remember now and then the next time I saw him, he'd, he'd lost his, and I was like, you know, here, take this one, and just so he could carry on doing what he does, you know. And he was so like, it was just nice, man, and I hope he's still using it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense, but. And then I had a, I remember I had a little Ganesh that was given to me by a yogi in Rishikesh. No, I say yogi just like a this really great guy, yoga teacher. He was a Punjabi descent. One of the not just one of the most serene, sort of nice, cool dude. Not in the terms of like just a really good dude. And I did some I taught some anatomy and physiology for him on this. And one of his uh what they called, you know, like yoga courses for like, they're like a month long or something. And had this group of just, they were all sort of, it was about, they were all Chinese, like a Chinese party and someone would be translating and there was a few Europeans mixed in, but it was like really sweet time. And he was looking after me, like him and his brother. I'd go there in the mornings to teach and they'd give me some, I'd have some lunch, you know, like a tali with like good wholesome Indian food like chapati and vegetables and 
And then one day I just noticed this like many-headed Buddha, not Buddha, and he had a Ganesh. And if you're familiar with Ganesh, he's like, he's a, I always see him, he's often associated with luck, and, but I see him as the protector, the mother, protector of the mother, you know. And uh, which is what he was sort of, one story says he's crit. Shiva, Shiva's uh, bride or uh, concubine create Ganesh, you know, so he could, she could just bathe in peace and he would block the way and, and then Shiva's trying to get, get through the door and he doesn't recognise this and he doesn't, and it's just, yeah, in the end, Shiva ends up lopping his head off and when she finds out, she's so angry that Shiva realises if he doesn't get this sorted soon, it could be the end of the world, you know, because that destructive force that's represented by Shiva Shakti. And then he's out and trying to find the right animal and the elephant with all its wisdom, you know, gives hands over the head of his offspring to save the universe, something along those lines. And yeah, just, I think I must have given it to my mother. And then I had a little Hanuman, who's like uh, loyalty and just the ideal friend, you know, and uh, I gave that to my godson in London. Uh, and I had, a, I had this lovely Patanjali statue, which is still in India somewhere. I left it at the last place I was living. Because I intended to go back. and So I left a little stash bag of things and man, that was, Five years ago now. Hmm. Uh, well, yeah. And next to uh, the little Buddha on my windowsill is a is a cricket trophy. <laughs> it's cricketer of the year for the Red House which was a, a nomadic cricket club formed from my dearest friends and allies and uh, buddies from across the Midlands and, and afar and, uh, and then, yeah, I can't believe I've still got it, but it's, I mean, I've had way more <laughs> I've had way more impressive sort of sporting uh, accolades, but I just like, just, I guess the, uh, no, no, nothing more encompasses like a big part of my life in terms of friends and socialising and unity, you know, that, that trophy, I guess, represents 
a beautiful time, like friendships supporting each other and, and doing things together. It's like doing things together that gets harder and harder. We used to have big barbecues, parties and sporting events and charity events and we could just we could just corral like a lot we could there's a point when yeah the housing days just we could get a hundred people together no problem and uh <laughs> beautiful maybe I should yeah I don't know wow what a rant I wasn't expecting that but that was you know Yeah, interesting. So, reading-wise, I'm, uh, I have probably four books on the go at any one time now. In the morning I read Gabor Mate, whatever sort of masterpiece of like psychology and immunology and wisdom and yeah so I'm reading is is one called uh, hold your children close which is just about attachment the importance of attachments and and how they form a lot of yeah we're attachment hungry creatures and we need to sate that hunger ideally through I mean, like unconditional love, but you know, if that's not the case, then we need to accept and work with that. And, uh, just having a massive impact on the way I deal with people and myself. It's really opening up a lot of understanding, and yeah. I can't just give credit to Gabo Mata, he's doing it with this other. Or, most of the stuff for this book is this psychologist, well, I can't remember his name, a Canadian psychologist, but well worth devoting some of your time to it if you can. I'm also reading, yeah, in the evenings before bed, I like to read a bit of sci fi. So I've been plowing through the Dune series. Ever since I watched that film by Denis Villeneuve, I just went on. A, I've watched that film about six times. And I just loved how slow it evolved and moved, and it inspired me to pick up the books. And I think I'm on book five now of the series. And. Uh, Yeah, still enjoying it. I'm still enjoying the imagery and this and there's just uh, some of the ideas and the characters that are still around who shouldn't be but are and uh, entertaining. And then what was that? Yeah, so in and then someone gave me a book from work to read about this guy called Alex Honnold, the Hon, this amazing climber, rock climber, free soloist. 
And I was just drawn. I just, uh, like he's living, you know, if you look from the outside, you just think, oh, thrill seeker and all that. But when you look into the way he lives, there's so much to admire about his approach to life, you know. Just absolute... Uh, kind of like knows what he wants or is or is understands what what he wants to, to do and how to live his life and does not compromise and, uh, and has no does not concede to any bit of pressure whatsoever and I just have to admire it man you know when you're feeling at your best and nothing can distract you from that not in a negative sense like just a point of like yeah what we're trying to say and his patience to build to build and build and build his abilities to face this uh massive impossible climb of El Capitan in Yosemite Park and just the uh... yeah no it's interesting sorry yeah, I'm not explaining myself very well but it's given me some ideas give me some clarity I tell you what, like is there anything more profound than reading? I mean, I don't know. Uh, Sunday is Sunday is dedicated to something different. So my fourth thing would be like I'll just pick something different, um, and I'll head to a little cafe somewhere and read with a coffee. And uh, today was uh, I was reading Truman Capote. Was it Capote? <laughs> it must be Capote, isn't it? And he, this little book called The Duke in His Domain, which is like a a profile of Marlon Brando. An insecure and vulnerable young Marlon Brando, brooding in the Kyoto Hotel during a break from filming. And it's... I love it when I get a book. I love it when a book comes together. <laughs> to quote the great Hannibal from the A-Team. And this book, just straight away, just you could, the quality of the writing was instant. I love it when that happens. You ain't got any doubts. And uh, what a fascinating character, Marlon Brando. It's just sort of one of the the greatest movie stars of all time. And just this very enigmatic, very mercurial, mysterious, and I love that, man. So he's film. he's in Kyoto, which is a place I dearly want to go to. And he's filming, uh, it's, called, it's called Sayonara. I've never seen it, I'm gonna to have to, when I'm, next time I'm sick, which could be soon, I feel like I've got a throat infection at the minute. I'm going to look up this... Uh, I'm going to look up some Brando films. 
he is very he is yeah star he's the definition of star power but the director Josh Logan is saying Marlon's the most exciting person I've met since Garber a genius but I don't know what he's like I don't know anything about him <laughs> I just that's what I love that ability to just uh, yeah But reading it, I was just, uh, after a bit, I can't help having that thing about, like he never wants to partake in group conversation. He's just always one-to-one, tete-to-tete, and in his sort of constant mind moving and shaking, like it's almost, there's something there. There's a definite neurodiverse element to it, and, uh, and it's just beautiful to see, really. But yeah, I really want to go to Kyoto to see where the old tea seller used to do set up shop, Besa, and see where Brando used to lounge and talk about monosyllab, just talking. <laughs> An unwillingness to expose himself. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, kind of all over the place, aren't I? Which uh, most of you are aware of. But there's some passages in this book that really clarified uh, what I've been thinking about lately. And so this is a description. I've put some notes here. A beautiful description of vulnerability and. Like this. Though Brando is not a teetotaler, his appetite is more frugal when it comes to alcohol. While we were awaiting the dinner, which was to be served to us in the room, he supplied me with a large vodka on the rocks and poured himself the merest courtesy sip. Resuming his position on the floor, he lolled his head against a pillow, dropped his eyelids, then shut them. It was as though he dozed off into a disturbing dream. His eyelids twitched, and when he spoke, his voice an unemotional voice in a way cultivated and genteel, yet surprising the adolescent. A voice with a probing, asking, boyish quality seemed to come from sleepy distances. That got me super excited. That's when I knew this was a bit of a masterpiece of journalism. The last eight, nine years of my life have been a mess, he said. Maybe the last two have been a little better, less rolling in the trough of the wave. Have you ever been analysed? I was afraid of it at first, afraid it might destroy the impulses that made me creative, an artist. A sensitive person receives 50 impressions where somebody else may only get seven. Sensitive people are so vulnerable. They're so easily brutalised and hurt just because they are sensitive. The more sensitive you are, the more certain you are to be brutalised. Develop scabs, never evolve. Never allow yourself to feel anything because you always feel too much. Analysis helps. It helped me. But still, the last eight, nine years, I've been pretty mixed up. A mess, pretty much. 
Yeah, vulnerability, sensitivity. It's the most precious thing, the most beautiful thing about humanity. But can be so misconstrued and avoided because it hurts. And that's something we need to cut. We need to cultivate again through positive attachments. Yeah. Enhance it. That's what I've been thinking about a lot lately. And this this bit just reminded me of like, you know, when you have to put on the mask to face the world and so he's he's talking about on set of streetcar named Desire. When he sees uh sees Brando stretched out looking like he's put weightlifter's arms, the Charles Atlas chest. Though an open basic writing of Sigmund Freud was resting on it. I took him for a stage hand, or did until I looked closely at his face. It was as if a stranger's head had been attached to the brawny body, as in certain counterfeit photographs. For this face was so very untough, superimposing as it did an almost angelic refinement and gentleness upon hard-jawed good looks, taut skin, a broad, tight forehead, wide-apart eyes, an aquiline nose, full lips with a relaxed, sensual expression, not the least suggestion of Williams's unpoetic Kowalski. It was therefore rather an experience to observe later that afternoon when the chameleon ease Brando acquired the character's cruel and gaudy colours, how superbly like a guileful salamander he slithered into the part, how his own persona evaporated, just as in this Coyote Hotel, we were nine years afterward. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're getting anything from that, and uh, I am not expressing myself in a clear manner, but... <laughs> So yeah, what is it? All right, let's let's sort of. Here's a theory I have, like about attachment and uh, attachment in the sense of. I don't know how to describe it really. That's probably something I need to work on. Yeah, love, attention, security, I guess. It's around those themes. Uh, no, I don't know where I'm going with this. Okay, I think I'll save that for the time. Uh, yeah, I think I've... Uh, Just gonna observe my thoughts for a second. See what arises. Oh, let's sing. Let's finish on a song. Uh, I'm gonna try and sing. Sorry about the noise. 
and try and sing a version of uh, The Partisan by Lynn Cairn. <laughs> to surrender this I could not do I took my gun and vanished I've changed my name so often I've lost my wife and children but I have many friends Some of them are with me An old woman gave us shelter Kept us hidden in the garret And the soldiers came She died without a whisper First this morning, I'm the only one this evening, but I must go on. The frontier's my prison. Oh, the wind, the wind is blowing through the graves. The wind is blowing. Freedom soon will come Then we'll come from the shadows oh, The Germans were at my home They said, do resign But I am not afraid I've retaken my weapon
not a great version, but that's what happens when you sight read. <laughs> uh, there was a line that I got completely wrong. I've changed names a hundred times. I've lost wife and children, but I have so many friends. I have all of France. An old man in an attic hid us for the night. The Germans captured him. He died without surprise. Imagine dying without surprise. Just that image is so, in my, it's like, I guess, I was saying, no, I can imagine dying without surprise, but can you? I don't know. When that final breath comes, it's going to be a surprise, isn't it? Or... I guess the, it's the idea that it's not that he died, it's being murdered. That's got to be a surprise, isn't it? Even if you know it's coming. got this contrasting image of it someone being restrained and murdered and then someone sort of coming towards the end of their life in palliative care maybe and just um, uh, I probably shouldn't end it on this note should I <laughs> oh guitar much so it's uh, no songs are springing up in my mind that I can uh, that's what I guess that's why I'm here now trying to play a bit okay finish on this one if I can remember it. I never know. 
Ain't no use in turning out your light On the dark side of the road I'm thinking and I wonder On that ain't road Once loved a woman A child I'm told Gave up my heart But she wanted my soul But don't think twice It's alright Calling out my name Like you never done before Ain't no use in calling out my name Can't hear you no more Wish there was something you would do or say Make me change my mind and stay we never did too much talking in a way. Don't think twice, it's alright. So long, honey, babe. Where I'm bound, I can't tell. Goodbyes to good world. I guess I fairly well. I ain't saying you treated me unkind. You could have done better. I don't mind. You just kind of wasted all this precious time. Don't think twice, it's alright Fairly well friends Be good to yourself And be good to Everything and everyone Au revoir